Welcome everyone to the Mr. Mike podcast, Wrong Answers Only, with special guest Steve Prentice, a social worker, artist, photographer, and author of Seventh Generation, the story of a young man coming to terms with the death of his mother, placed in an ancient Cherokee prophecy. Steve's artwork has been featured in galleries in New York and Salt Lake City, Utah. He studied art at the Art Student League of New York, Parsons School of Design, and University of Utah. He has a Bachelor of Science in Sociology and a Master of Social Work. I hope you enjoy this interview. How old's your daughter? One. Oh, just little. Yeah, those make for some rough nights. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know, lately it's been um, it's been the teeth, it's been bothering her, and then she got shot a cold. So the last couple of days it's been a little bit worse. She still wants to play and run around. It's just at nighttime she she's not following her schedule, and then you know she slept in this morning a little bit, but she's okay. Yeah, yeah. that's how that's how it goes. So yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> Happy to have you aboard. We're here to talk about you and all your fancy stuff. <laughs> Uh, social worker, artist, uh, photographer, and author. I always try to get people to go back and talk a little bit about the the beginning. Where did they start? Where did the writing come in? Or how did they become a teacher and all this stuff? So well, where did you start first? Uh, you started, you wanted to be a social worker at the beginning of your career? Actually, I <laughs> my first couple of years through college, I just kind of fumbled around, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's when I actually started doing photography. Uh, so I took a bunch of photography classes in college and was still kind of fumbling around for a, a career thinking that, you know, photography isn't really going to be a very stable career, right. but would be a fun thing to continue to do on the side. So then I took a psychology class in at the community college and just fell in love with it and the idea of studying human behavior both like individual and cultural and stuff. So yeah, then I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you did some psychology, you're like, that's it. I'm going, I'm going to become a social worker. Yeah, that was pretty much it for the, as far as a career, I continued to take photography along the way as well mm-hmm. until I got, until I got through my bachelor's degree, I kept taking photography classes, kind of going back and forth between the two, but I knew for a career wise, I was going to be a social worker. Yeah. And, and then between the, uh, your social work, you're finding time to do photography and then you got into art and you started doing uh, watercolor paintings and different things. Yeah. So I actually started out doing uh, acrylics and then I moved into mixed media. What I did was what I still do some is I use wallpaper, uh, little pieces of wallpaper to make mosaics on the canvas. Um, and then more recently, I moved into watercolor. Yeah, I've been doing watercolor for a 
pretty steady pretty much exclusively for about two years now yeah and what's the supplies like in terms of um then and now did anything uh increase in prices during the pandemic uh yeah every <laughs> yeah pretty much every, pretty much everything increased in prices during the pandemic um it became really hard to get some some supplies have become very hard to get there's a the paper i like to use is a 400 pound paper so it's a really heavy paper and it is almost impossible to get oh my goodness and when they when we do get them in the local uh, art supply store we get maybe five or six sheets at a time yeah and so it's just a mad dash of watercolorist running to to buy up the stock yeah, yeah, yeah well just like everything if you want something you gotta buy three four five of it and and hoard it a little bit because otherwise it's not going to be there for months yeah 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 painting watercolor painting uh you're so you're a photographer social worker you got this art stuff going on but you also have your artwork featured in galleries in new york and in salt lake city utah yeah so i've had my work shown both in new york and and uh here in salt lake city utah I've had a couple, had some solo shows. I actually have a show right now that I'm included in at the at a local art gallery here. Some of my photography, four of my pieces. Uh, next month, I'm doing what's called the skateboard show, and what it is is they take skateboard decks and give them the artist to deck to paint, um, and then they put them all up together and they sell them for like eighty bucks, I think. And the idea is to try to make it uh, affordable for other for people to buy art that wouldn't normally have access to it in a fun way so so yeah i'm pretty excited about that when i was out in new york i also went to the uh, art student league in new york and actually got to have a couple of my pieces included there which was was amazing such an amazing school uh so many famous artists passed through there so that was probably the highlight so far from what i gather i had um i had a guest on number interview number one which is episode number two uh carlo polidoro lopez he's a local montreal artist so when i talk to when i think of artists i i, I go back to him because he's the only one i really know personally and he tells me how networking in, in art community and, and getting your stuff uh displayed is super difficult like you really need to network very well and and just really like and try not to put yourself in situations where you know what my art doesn't suit here but you also don't want to pass up opportunities, right? So uh, what's that like? Uh, you know, the, it is, you have to be very, you have to be very proactive and aggressive in in promoting yourself, which has not always been my strength, frankly. <laughs> and it, it, it also does vary kind of place to place. In Utah, it's a lot harder to find shows because there's not as many of them. When I lived out in New York, I found that pretty much if you looked, you could find something pretty much all the time. You could probably have, if you were aggressive enough, you could probably have your work on display in a gallery somewhere pretty much nonstop. Out here, you have to be a lot more aggressive. Proactive, and you got to sell yourself. That's how it goes. That's kind of the name of the game for both, yeah, both the art and the writing. <laughs> Carl Jung, a psychiatrist, and Joshua, uh, Joseph Campbell, uh, mythologist and that kind of influenced your writing as you were going forward um i studied them very extensively when i was in school yeah and they very much influenced my my writing uh carl jung is a psychologist who studied the human unconscious and did a lot of work around uh, mythology and dreams and things like that and then joseph campbell is a mythologist who studied uh, world cultures and mythologies 
which very much influenced my writing and my art a lot of times. And then you started working on your book, Seventh Generation. When when did you start working on that one? Oh, gosh. Uh, I started working on that in 2011. 2011. So that that manuscript's been going uh, going on and on and on, and there's been a lot of edits. <laughs> There, there were a lot of edits. There were a lot of edits. I wrote it during a thing called NaNoWriMo, uh, Rimo, which is like a month-long writing contest where you try to write at least 50,000 words in a month. Um, so you write super, super fast, but obviously you don't do a whole lot of editing along the way. So <laughs> you got to go back and do all those revisions. Yeah, so at least lots and lots of revisions. Uh, so went through several revisions with my wife. And then got the book contract and ended up, you know, doing more revisions with with their professional editor. So yeah, it's a long process. And then the it got accepted and then COVID hit, right. which really delayed everything. It, it put it actually delayed the release by a couple of years. Yeah, it's COVID, the thorn in everybody's side, right? <laughs> Definitely. After four hundred years of exile, I returned to Earthrealm steeped in the dark arts, and hungry for flesh once more. Known by many names and titles, soul-stealer, necromancer, fiend, and some slurs best not uttered in mixed company. But this is not my story, it's hers. Exlina, the Baku warrior who consumes nightmares. The woman who would challenge angels and demon alike. My dearest friend, I am the author of her tale, a witness to the events that changed the world. Come closer and listen to a tale of gods, a tale of fate, a tale of angels and demons, and a Baku woman willing to defy them all to follow her heart. Read Logan Westgate presents the Baku Trilogy, now streaming on Audible. So tell us a little bit about your book. What What's the uh, the premise behind it? So Seventh Generation is about a young Native American boy, a Cherokee boy, who is working to over trying to overcome the death of his mother and is finding his place and discovering his place in a ancient Cherokee prophecy called the Seventh Generation. Um, and the Seventh Generation, the idea behind the Seventh Generation prophecy, Cherokee prophecy, is that after seven years of contact, uh, seven generations of contact with the white man, the earth would become so become so ruined, so devastated that the they would turn to the Cherokee people to help them try to figure out how to heal the earth. And so Trey is part of that seventh generation. Do a lot of, I did a lot of research on Native American mythology because it the book not only includes that kind of overarching part of the story but also within it contains a bunch of different uh native american mythologies from across the united states and canada and so i did a lot of research of that so that i could weave those in and what i did is at the end i put in a list of the of all the mythologies and the tribes and the name of the mythology and kind of in hopes that it would inspire kind of study that culture more 
That's awesome. And in, in, uh, who designed the cover? You know, that was done by a, an illustrator through the publisher. I can't remember her name, which is a really bad thing. I shouldn't be able to remember that, right? <laughs> Details, you know? Details, right? Let's see. It is Kaylee Miles. They said, we got this We got this cover artist and we want to go with her and she's going to develop a cover for you. But did she do multiple covers or she just did this one? You guys are like, this is great. Um, She actually just did this one. What, what happens in the process? is my publisher contacts me and says hey here are some uh stock photos and things and illustrations go through these give us like five or six that you like uh, so we can kind of get a feel for what you want send that to the illustrator and then the illustrator kind of uses that and the book story and the story of the book to to create the cover just send us the one cover we felt like she nailed it so that's pretty good yeah it stands out it's pretty simple and um creative so it's it's a good choice (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah she did a great job yeah i'm like do you remember her name now kylie miles (laughs) kylie miles and in terms of where your book is located i know it's on amazon is it is it sold anywhere else available on amazon and barnesandnobles.com and in terms of social media as i always give everybody a plug for social media you're on twitter uh steve Uh prentice seven you're on instagram prentice.strikes but s-t-r-i-k-s right those are all your social medias from what I know, unless I'm missing one. Nope, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I think you got them. And then also you have your art page, uh, artpal.com slash Steve So uh, tell us a, bit, a little bit about your art page. Uh, so I went with ArtPal. ArtPal was kind of inter- it's an interesting thing. It's a place where you can just uh, put your work and and uh, they do all the financial piece. And then you send the, the painting directly to to whoever purchases it. So it's kind of very similar to PayPal, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went with that just because it was very simple. And as an artist, I'm not really, <laughs> not really super techni- technically uh, Savvy. proficient. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, went, I went with the easy thing because I want to I spend my time painting and writing. Yeah. <laughs> How's that process? Like you take, uh, you do your art, you take pictures of your, of whatever works you do, and then you display it. And then if somebody buys it, then you, you mail it to them personally. Yep. Yeah. I mail it to them directly. What happens is they go in there, they, they pay for it. Art pal sends me an email and says, Hey, this person just bought this painting. Here's their address. And then I package it all up and mail it to them directly that's awesome i'm looking i'm looking at your page right now and I'm, I'm checking out some of the pictures well there's one that looks like a lighthouse the bass harbor head lighthouse winter and it's kind of on the rocks overlooking the water and there's a couple yeah. others with like mountain mountain views and uh, some sailboats and just like with the sun in the open like good, beautiful landscapes kind of reminds me of um of halifax uh, nova scotia one of our provinces in um in canada Actually, I went there yeah. a couple of summers ago. Very similar landscape. Uh, it's a beautiful barn, red barn with winter. Where do you get your inspiration for the landscapes? Do you come up with it yourself or you get some inspiration from somewhere else or some of your travels, perhaps? Uh, so, yeah, a lot of it comes from my travels and my photography. When I lived out east, when I lived out on the east coast, we went up through Vermont and Maine and all that part of the country pretty extensively because everything there is so close. And so I did a lot of photography during that time period. Um, and then also um, living here in Utah, I've done a lot of a lot of uh, photography up in the Uinta Mountains and stuff. So that's where most of that comes from. 
Uh, some of it is drawn from other places like the boats and things. A lot of that stuff is actually over in England. Oh, wow. So that's taken from other sources. Yeah. Well, I imagine you take these pictures and then you go you get, go home and then you're like, okay, I remember them. Here's a picture. Because if you want to really paint a watercolor painting of an actual landscape, you'd be there for a while. You would be there a long. You'd be there a long time. And doing doing watercolor outdoors is really tricky because the the paper dries so quickly that it's hard to do those types of uh, wet into wet washes that I really like to do. That I think kind of gives the paintings a lot more texture. And in terms of your writing and your art, you have a a location like a studio, or do you have a basement, or do you have a room separated just for yourself? <laughs> so pretty much our whole house has been turned into a studio. <laughs> uh, we don't even really have a front room. We have a we have a studio full of supplies. So <laughs> pretty much our whole house has been taken over because my wife is also an artist. So <laughs> and then and the cats jump all over your art. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they like to they like to put their footprints in my work. They they <laughs> they want to make sure their their prosperity their posterity if I can talk, yeah. is preserved as well. So, and every once in a while, you, I try to be very careful, but I'm sure if you looked really closely at a few of my paintings, you might find a couple of cat hairs stuck in there. <laughs> I, I can't see it from the webpage, but I imagine if somebody somebody ordered it, maybe maybe there's one in there. Yeah, they, they, they looked close enough. They might might find it <laughs> yeah. and also your uh your photography some of the pictures you have up are uh they're also beautiful like the looking at the red rock reflections uh piece that you have on the art pal in terms of the photography people can also order a picture of one of your one of your photos but also get it framed or on canvas if they want or even on a mug yeah and that one those are actually done those the the production of that is actually done by art pal i don't actually do that personally so but still pretty cool yeah, it's kind of fun. Oh, I was just going to say, I actually have a friend. I went over to her house the other day, and she was sitting there drinking out of a coffee mug, and I didn't <laughs> notice it. It was actually one of my one of my fo- photographs, so I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> that, that is pretty fun. That's cool, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really impressed. Your artwork's beautiful. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful, and um, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, my froze. I don't know. My my. Sometimes my computer just decides that it doesn't want to access anything, uh, uh, on top of that, I always ask everybody if they want to plug, if they have another plug, another social media, another link, or if they have a, let's say, for example, if you have an art uh, studio, uh, show coming up or something you want to mention to everybody. So right now through the end of this month, I do have some pieces up at the Utah um, uh, Alliance, uh, Utah Art Alliance uh, Urban Gallery. There's uh, four of my pieces up in that show. And then next month, I will be participating in the skateboard show at that same location. Right. Uh, it's the Urban Art Gallery in Salt Lake City. It's located in the uh, Triad Center. What day is that? Uh, so that will run through uh, September through through the end of September, okay. which I can't remember what that date is. <laughs> You're on artpal.com, Steve Princess, uh, Twitter. We mentioned your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook. Your book is on Barnes & Nobles. It's on Amazon. You can check out all Steve's work. Steve, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's awesome. It's been great talking to you. Don't be afraid. DM me, tag me in anything, and um, I'll share with everybody. Awesome. Great. I really appreciate it. I'm going to be spreading your broadcast around, too. I've been listening to it. I really enjoy it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Mr. Mike Podcast. Wrong answers only. Don't forget, follow us on social media, MrMikeMTL.com. MrMikeMTL on Twitter. Mr. 
Mr. Mike MTL Dotcom's our website. Wrong Answers MTL on Twitter. Wrong Answers MTL on Instagram. If you want to join our Buy Me a Coffee community, send us a DM. Give us your email address and we'll send you a free bronze membership. We also have a merchandise store now. So that's linked on our website. So if you want to go pick up some podcast merchandise, some hats, some mugs, some t-shirts, or Mr. Mike's face, or anything like that, it's there. It's available. Don't forget, share, download, tell your friends and family, tell your colleagues at work, spread the word about the podcast. We're growing, continue to grow. We're continuing to interview more guests. Your support is appreciated. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.